This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by Comic Book Click, and as always, I'm never alone, sir, please introduce yourself. Ooh, I am Cloudus Maximus. And I am Dan, comic book man. Cloudus Maximus and Dan, the comic book man, are here, they're here with their lives, and they're here to tell some stories, because we are here to recap and review Spider-Man Life Story, written by Chip Zdarsky, with art by Mark Bagley. Um, this was a pretty recent comic uh, that came down. It's not in the main continuity. It's actually taking place on Earth uh, 2447. Mm. Um, but up front, real quick, for those who have not read this, um, I'll give you gentlemen some time to tell me how you thought about it. Spoiler free. Like we usually do, uh, we'll give you guys our spoiler-free review for those who haven't read it, so you guys can stop, pick up the book. Um, it's only six issues. Uh, recently, just came out. Um, I think they'll probably be working on the trade paperback soon, so you're gonna have to get the individual issues or find them on Comicsology, Marvel Unlimited. Um, go ahead and read them. But Claudius Maximus, why should these people give uh, Spider-Man Life Story um, a chance? Well, first of all, the more I read it, the more I liked it. Um, it has a lot of elements, but it's, but it's also that um, everything is all stretched out. Yeah, yeah. The for those who are uninitiated, the big uh, pull for this book is that you know Spider Man, the character, has existed for over seventy years at this point. Um, and what would happen if Spider Man aged normally as mm-hmm. we did? And so this book, while it exists in another Earth takes the biggest stories of our Spider-Man, 616, and tries to place them in the decade that they exist. Now... These are the most iconic ones, right? Like, these are, like, literally... They are, yeah. but I think that the big well, difference is them, that... Yeah. I think the big difference is that because um, Spider-Man ages, things happen differently. The yeah. same At events happen, later, like, they happen differently. Life. You get it? Yeah, like, yeah. Civil War, for instance, uh, spoiler alert, never really ends in this. Like, it, it ends... Decades later, it doesn't end in the same. Oh yes, yeah, Civil the War thing, and this thing went as, on for like all, like at least four issues. Yeah, it went on for a while, um, and we'll get to there. But yeah, as far as like when people look back at some of the big Spider-Man arcs, they look back at the Clone Saga, which mm-hmm. gets touched on. They look back at um, Kraven's Last Hunt, which gets touched on. The AMB, the alien suit, or the symbiote Venom stuff, that all gets touched on. Green Goblin, which gets touched on, um, and. They try to do their best. This is a love letter to Spider-Man fans. Yeah. A love letter to oh, Spider-Man. 100%. This is a beautiful um, but sad, sad yeah. story. Yeah. Um, Dan, why do you think the people should pick up Spider-Man Life Story? 
Well, if you're a layman and all you know is that you love the Spider-Man movies, it's a chance to, like, you know, really, like, not get brushed up on the history, but get, like, a little bit of, a, like, a, a fan a fan fiction of all of his most important events. But truly, it, like you said, it's a love letter to Spider-Man fans. Like, if you read his comics, uh, I read Superior Spider-Man at least twice. And I, I I'm hoping it. to cover that one day on this. Oh, I we really, definitely really like have that. to cover. It's like 43 well, issues, 42 issues. It's really good. But yeah, it's it's a it, anybody that really loves Spider Man is gonna truly just eat this story up. It's digestible. I read it in like two, three days. That's another big thing about it. You know, a lot of the things that we cover here are pretty lengthy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, six issues. That's. I mean, the last week we covered. From anywhere from 16 to 25 issues of Sex Criminals. Um, now we're just working on six, and it literally is bite-sized, you know, decades. Uh, and you all the continuity, read all of the boys, and you don't even have to read all the yeah. boys. And that's yeah. 73 issues. I've been I've been reading a lot, yeah, <laughs> man. and there's no stopping because next week we're doing the Arrow retrospective. So I basically have to try to ingest somehow seven seasons worth of Arrow and and start to come up with a, a cool cast for for next week but we're on spider-man life story and um i would say that you should pick this up because i think at the end of the day um one of the coolest parts about spider-man is that he doesn't age and you have to realize why i think this this story kind of puts up front why how weird things would get if spider-man actually did age (laughs) throughout the years because you know we have older statesmen like captain america and iron man and stuff but spider-man he started in the 60s. He's one of the, through that first wave of like Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby kind of creations of Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and um, the X-Men. Like he's as old as, as those characters and yet we keep him young because he needs to have that kind of optimism and that kind of... Um, so the fact that they didn't keep him like 25, 18. Yes, yes. Um, and they've always, they're always really hazy with how old yeah, people are like getting they fluctuate the years Parker's age every time like there's either a new cartoon or a new movie in theaters like, yeah well you know like the comics in the comics he hasn't been in high school in quite some time you know he's gotten old enough he has his own company yeah. named Parker, Parker Industries Industry. which they touch up on in this um, but most modern interpretations as far as like media not comics start him off in high school they like him they like him there they mm-hmm. Keep him in high school. We went even younger with Tom Holland, you know. Um, and we never. I I always ca- kind of complain that we never get the veteran Spider Man, the Spider Man who's been around, the Spider Man who knows how to do this. The closest I would say we got to that was watching Peter B. Parker in um, Enter the Spider Verse because he knew all this. Like he knew who Kingpin was. He knew what a bad guy speech was. He knew about the goober. You know, that there's always a plan. There's always something that's going to blow up. There's always a ticking time bomb. And I'd like to see that oh, yeah, kind that of the Spider-Man. Like, that was ushering in a new Spider-Man. And yeah. that's what I would like to see too. I, so it started getting scarier though. The more I started reading, he started getting those. He went from the salt pepper hair to just straight all white hair in that Spider-Man suit. And I'm like, this yeah, is sad. This, this is- And not only does he age, but everyone in his world ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start to see some of the heroes a little bit older than you probably have ever seen them. And it's, it's a very interesting look there but that that's over five minutes right there of spoiler free um for you guys there i what i'll also do is i'll give you guys the synopsis of uh spider-man life story and leave you guys off with that before we jump headfirst into the spoiler filled 
parts of this podcast. Spoilers! So, in 1962, a 15-year-old boy named Peter Parker was bitten by a radioactive spider and gained the proportional speed, strength, and agility of a spider. Adhesive fingertips and toes and the unique precognitive awareness of danger called spider sense. After the tragic death of his uncle Ben, Peter understood that with great power must also come great responsibility. He became the crime-fighting superhero called Spider-Man. 57 years has passed in the real world since that event. So what would happen if the same amount of time passed for Peter as well? And that's basically what the synopsis of the story is. And so we start right off in 1966. Um, chapter one of this, because six issues, each issue is a chapter. So chapter one is called The War at Home. And so the book opens up in 1966, where Peter has been Spider-Man for four years. He uh, has one year of college left, and he mentions having an important internship, which we find out later is with Reed Richards in the Baxter building. But that's the last thing on Peter Parker's mind. His main concern is that there is a war going on overseas. The Vietnam War, in fact, which the U.S. entered in March 8th of 1965, the year prior. Young adults Peter's age are being drafted from all over the country, and he starts to worry worry if this war is the great responsibility his great powers are intended for. So how do you guys feel about this whole idea of like Peter questioning whether or not his bigger purpose is to go and overseas? I mean, oh, it was beautiful. It was 100% beautiful because he a lot of it was like I have a responsibility. I have the powers, I have the the ability to stop it. My life should be bigger than just New York. Yeah, and even he's like even guys like Captain America who just got unfrozen, mm-hmm. who ju- who fought twenty two years prior, twenty four years prior, is now gonna go out there. Like they're asking him if he's gonna go, go out and there. Go right back out yeah, there. and uh, like that, and the fact that, that they didn't start with the killing of Uncle Ben. Like you would think, because it's Spider Man life story, right, right. Most of what you would see is the, a lot of the important events. One of them would be him becoming Spider Man, but no, it just jumps straight into the I've been this for four years and I still don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I love it. Um, what's interesting is, like you said, uh, later on, we'll, and we'll get there, Peter and Cap have a conversation. But I think, as you were alluding to, if I think if Peter would have signed up to be a, like a superhero in the Vietnam War, um, it would get to a point like Captain America where every war then, they call Spider-Man. Yeah, they call Spider-Man. And I think later on... at least likes Spider-Man. Later on, I mean? Cap kind of like gets him off the hook. For the whole thing. And I think that was Cap's way of being like, you don't want none of this. Like, I'm already doing this. This is already me. This is my life. Well, I think Cap threw but, it over the top and Flash gave it a push at first. Yes. Because yeah. he, he, and when he was Parker, he asked Flash why he's doing this. And they still stuck with the Flash Thompson as a big Spider-Man fan. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saying like, yeah, hey, listen. Up. Agent Venom, you know, the he's, guy goes overseas. He's and... protecting everybody here in New York. So yeah. why don't we just do his job for him and to protect everybody overseas? I thought that was brilliantly written. Yeah. Hmm. Let's talk about um, Flash because, well, first we meet Peter's friend Harry and his father Norman Osborn. So at, at this point, I'm doing a lot of research while I'm reading. I'm going straight back out and of forth. Spider-Man, seems like straight out of the first Spider-Man movie too. The how they meet in a car right yeah, outside yeah. of all yeah. school. Yeah, I think some no, of this was a lot of pop. It felt like they were taking from the movies too. Yeah. Um, at this point in the comics in nine in the 1960s, Peter's met. Um, Green Goblin. So he knows right, yeah, of Green yeah. Goblin, but he doesn't know that Green Goblin is Norman Osborn because Green Goblin made his first appearance in 1964. This story takes place in 1966. Um, but he doesn't meet Norman Osborn until 1966, and we are watching that very first meeting in this book. 
So we see him meet him for the first time. And Osborne mentions that he's been following Peter closely. Same thing in the movie, right? Yeah, like I've been right, looking, right, I've right. been very impressed. Yeah. And same thing in the movie, like constantly like, Harry, you're an idiot. Harry, why did you wear that? Harry, why did you say that? Or the Harry saying that he probably wants you to adopt. He probably wants to adopt you. That was that line was actually in the movie. Was in the Raimi first part. Oh, okay, like, I believe that. Yeah, where yeah. Like, once uh, the Norman drove away, he's like, he probably wants to adopt you now. And those waves, man. Yo, right? why does Norman have they the got best the crazy waves? waves? I always pictured it like maybe like Corey Matthews hair, like that kind <laughs> yeah. of weird tight curl. Oh, yeah, like the afro, but not much of an afro. Right, type. and they're all they're all. Like redheaded or kind of redheaded. I'm thinking so, it's like it's supposed to be like a brown that's in the sun, like yeah. an auburn or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, he offers Pete a scholarship, but Pete declines. Meets up with Gwen Stacy in class and later delivers some photos of Spider-Man to J. Jonah Jameson in hopes of getting paid enough money to attend Flash Thompson's going away party. I need a because going to an the adjustment war. on that job. What's it? An inflation to know how much twenty bucks was yeah. in 1966. 1966. That's you can look that up. I'm pretty sure. But because um, he really got paid twenty dollars for like four or five pictures of Spider-Man. This um this is the first and I want to say only appearance of J. Jonah in this book. Yeah, because then like I think like. Because we're in the spoiler section now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, yeah, I think, like, in, like, issue five, it's, like, said that he, like, died out of, like, cancer or, like, some sort of, like, heart disease and, like, his daughter or son takes over. the planet. The planet. The bugle. The bugle. Yeah, because he goes back. He definitely goes back to the bugle um, later on. I think Betty Brant's still there. But, um... Oh, yeah, that's who I think was taking over now. I think it was Betty Brant that was finally, like, the head of it all. Yeah. Yeah, as far as, like, appearance goes, I think this was his only one. But... J. Jonah Jameson appearance is always welcome t- to me. Especially, <laughs> he wants, he's like, can you bring me pictures of Spider-Man committing oh, a crime? Hates- like, just one crime. Just he- have him taking ice cream. And that's how desperate, um, that's how desperate they were back then. That's how, um, that's, like, he really wanted to catch Spider-Man doing something reckless, which I thought was, uh, pretty damn cool. Um, but yeah, I thought, I figured maybe he would do more, but the, the, the problems get bigger and bigger than just an uh, angry man in a news, in a news, uh, like a news studio or whatever. No, um, it does get bigger, a lot bigger. Oh, and I think I have an answer. $20 in 1966 equates to roughly $158. Oh, so that's about what he gave all him right. in, the, in the Raimi movie. Yeah. He's like, I'll give you 100 bucks for all of it. Yeah, that's not that. I mean, what one picture? Freelance for like five pictures. That's not that bad. Yeah, and we know that he's fighting. He's mentioned that he's fought a couple guys before. He tried to sell him some pictures of Mysterio, but there's a lot of smoke. And so Jay Jonah's like, "No, screw this. I don't want any of those." Oh, he's pictures. like, "What did you fight pictures. him in a bathhouse?" Yeah, he's like, "I don't want any of those pictures. I want pictures of him actually doing stuff." Um, to, just, yeah, we can get him in trouble for. <laughs> uh, but Pete's only doing this stuff so he can have money because Gwen's like, "Yo, you ain't got no money. You ain't always stressed." Yeah. And that's a bit on. of the Parker Luck, I guess. And we'll talk a little bit more about the Parker Luck in a bit. Um, after, at the shindig, Peter makes a comment about how Flash, a former bully of Parker's, must be living his best life because now he gets to uh, get paid to bully people overseas. Yo, that was a, yeah. that was a line. He's like, you live in the, the high school bully's dream. Yeah. How do you guys feel about that? Was that in line? Was that out of line? Uh, why even go to his going away party if you feel this way? I mean, I'm assuming... Alright, so it's four years into him being bitten by Spider-Man. Yes. So you have to... And it's his last year in college, so that means it must have been in high school about three years ago. So you have to believe that 
there's anywhere from two and a half to three years that Peter hasn't been bullied by Flash. No. You I gotta mean, let, it, let it go, it's man. Been, it's been that bad, though. Yeah. I mean, well, he no, only he, remembers him yeah, as, the, as a... Yeah, but he never, like, let... like He never, like, let it go. He never yeah. moved on from it. And I understand, but, dude, it's like, it's gonna be four years. He's gonna go out to Vietnam. Like, just... Right, right. Like, this is his going away party. I understand that you're mad, but talk to the dude, at least. At least yeah. talk to him. This is where I started being like, wait, why is Peter getting a little bit snappy here? Even as a bully, though, Flash doesn't, like, swing at him. They get mad and they get into each other's face, but Flash is still, like, you know... What? Like, he's like, what exactly? You know, like, for real. Like, he's, that was a little shade. What exactly are you trying to say? Um, the two argue, but Gwen separates and berates Peter, who apologizes to Flash after cooling down. Flash reveals he chose to fight in the war because he looks up to Spider-Man. And... That's what Spider-Man would do. There you go, Peter. Um, feeling guilty that his yeah. heroics may have inadvertently inspired Flash, P has a drink at the bar and is joined by Norman Osborn, who tells Peter that yeah. he knows his secret. Oh, this is one of the, my favorite scenes of the, the entire like on, series. Pumpkin on the bar. The yeah. pumpkin on the bar. He's like, yo, yeah. just just look up there real quick. Just tell me what you see. Um, yeah, he tells him he has a secret that he knows his secret, and uh. To meet him in the alley, or he'll kill everyone in the bar. <laughs> and so Pete gets up. I think Norman pays his tab. Yeah. Norman's like, for yeah, by the way, that's for like my. Oh, yeah, my... he like puts like a 50 down and says, this is for, this should cover my son and his friends. Yeah. Um, which, again, $50 got to be what? In 1966. Well, if, it's a, yeah, if, it's a, if a 20 is like 100, then 50 has got to be like 500 bucks. bucks like 500 yeah. Bucks I think that's anyone. more than enough to pay for Can a I bar tab. I've yeah. paid for some bar tabs in my day, and it's never gone more than 200. Oh, you got to go with me then. Um, oh, so, maybe not. <laughs> um, the two fight as Goblin and Spider-Man, with Peter getting the upper hand. Suddenly, Osborn can't remember what's happening, including how he got there and in the Goblin suit. Peter brings him to the hospital and later helps Captain America take down some thieves. How do you guys feel about the whole um, light switch stuff with Osborn? Like all of a sudden, who am I? And what am what are you doing here? And how did I get in this? In this outfit, shades of of Sam Raimi Spider Man. The I Peter, don't think I mean, he didn't know. It's me. Oh, in that in one? Sam Raimi Spider Man, I don't think he. I think he knew the entire. Like, I think he was a legit evil person the entire time. But I think we've seen in in the animated series. Yeah, maybe. I was just about to say. And, I've seen it happen in the animated series. Well, and he's in also the comics, like yelling yeah. at himself in the mirror, like he's like you know like uh, like um. What was it when he's like, "Tell me how yeah, yeah, the yeah, heart yeah. part"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you see, like, there is Go a split person. <laughs> so there's a split personality there. Maybe it's not in full control of him in that movie, but I've always, in a way, seen Norman have the split personality thing. Oh, I completely buy the split personality. I just don't think that the other personality doesn't have memories. I think both. Yeah. Remember. Yeah. Uh-huh. But in this and in other forms, um, he it, the Goblin Serum literally takes over, and he can't remember what happened mm-hmm. past this. Um. And then they, they like, investigate his office and they find the whole goblin lair. They find all the pumpkin bombs and the gliders and all that kind of stuff literally ruining and ending Green Goblin right then and there. Which I thought was pretty interesting because he doesn't, the Green Goblin does not return for the rest of this, uh, for the rest of this story. Um, but yeah, Pete, uh, brings, Norman to the hospital and later helps Captain America take down some thieves. When Cap there, he asks him about the war and what he should do. Cap tells him uh, to let his heart guide him. The talk with Cap makes Peter late to send Flash off, and Gwen gets upset before seeing his costume under his clothes and finding out his secret, which I thought was an amazing ending to that whole thing. I was there. Like, oh. 
A year later, in 1967, CAP defends helpless Vietnamese citizens against the U.S. armed forces deployed there, telling them to tell Iron Man, who has been pro, who has been seen as being pro-war, that the people are under his protection. So how do you guys feel about that one-two punch about that ending? So Peter gets revealed as Spider-Man, and uh, Cap is defending um, Vietnamese people. From it's basically that. setting up civil war. It's basically saying it, it gave us that the civil war has been going on, and just we're not reading about it because we're following. I never thought about that way, but I guess it does. Yeah, it, it, this literally pits the civil war, um, Iron Man and Captain America, on different sides from the '60s, going all the way over here. Um, I did. I did some more research, and I I was trying to find out when did Captain America become nomad? When did he throw away the Captain America outfit? And that happens in the seventies because of Watergate. Um, but I guess they just sped it up a little bit here, um, making him while being Captain America, not having any true allegiance to one place. Um, is this the one? Uh, this is the one with the book bag, right? The web book bag. Uh-huh. I think that he creates for himself. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was I pretty love cool. That thing. Yeah, that was. Um, we get a we get a variation of costumes through here, um, but let's get to the seventies, man. Oh God, this is this was when I knew I was in a Chip Zdarsky comic book. Why? Cause because it's, the background? it besides the background, it just he's writing this. Right? It gets yes. just so left field from like the third page. He can cut deep. When he wants to, I think he's been in a, in a lot of arguments because there's, there's a lot of arguments in sex criminals that feel like real arguments, and all the stuff, all the arguments in here, especially every argument with MJ throughout all six issues, feels mm-hmm. like real freaking arguments. Yeah, just think of it like put like, instead of it being a Spider-Man, just think that he's a cop. Yeah, you could put it in the same position that he's a cop, and she just doesn't want her husband to put on a gun and go out the door every morning. Yeah. But no, from like, yeah, like we, the way we open it and the way we ended this ish, this specific issue, I had to immediately read 80s. I had to continue because, damn. Yeah. Just damn. Because we start off in 1977, even though we're in the 70s, we're in the late 70s, and Gwen sees Peter talking to the tombstone of Flash Thompson, who seemingly died in the Vietnam War. Peter and Reed Richards get into an argument about the war that is interrupted by Otto Octavius, who after suffering a near-fatal heart attack has joined the side of good and is courting Aunt May, canonical. Right. Dr. Octavius does <laughs> ma- does I think marry Aunt he, May or he really yeah. married or, Aunt May. Yeah, he like um I it was, I think it was a 70s a 70s storyline, but yeah, Otto tries to be good and tries to date Aunt May, so that's a whole thing. Like, oh, okay. That just shows that they this. never really know if they wanted him as a bad guy or not. Kind of sort of. There's yeah. a lot of times yeah. where he's just like has that change of heartness and I want to do good. Yeah, that was the I, whole thing about Superior Spider-Man. Like he he realized I don't want to just be a, a bad guy. Actually, like if I have the great power comes great responsibility. The way they used it for Otto was great for me. Yeah. So I was doing some research there too because I'm thinking maybe maybe this is they're doing this because maybe Otto debuts in the 70s mm-hmm. and then he turns good, but Otto debuts in the 60s. The reason I mention all this is because I found out that most of the way they made villains for Spider-Man is by coming up with the name first. And then they would come up with how he looks, and right. then they would come up with everything else. So Doctor Octopus is not hard to imagine, right? Like you right. think, and then he fights the mysterious Doctor Octopus, and then he's like, "Well, he's a guy, and he has four appendages, so we give him four more appendages." Um, the Green Goblin. What does he look like? Well, he's a, a green, green Goblin, goblin. and I, so I think that while that's pretty uh, simple and simplistic, they then take it another layer by diving into the mind of Otto or Norman and making them three-dimensional where they could just be these cartoonish 
you know, I am the Dr. Octopus. They go into his head. And I think that after doing some work in Otto's head, I think they do have a hard time deciding whether or not he should be a clean-cut villain or a clean-cut hero. Oh, yeah, um, especially since a lot of comic books are internal monologues. That's, that, that's, that's the narration you're reading is their thoughts, their feelings. Yeah. Reading Superior Spider-Man and knowing that this isn't Peter Parker's thoughts or some Earth 616 Peter Parker. This is Otto's thoughts yeah. in this body. So it's like, yeah, I really don't know if they wanted him a good guy or a bad guy. But other than that, he's always been my favorite of the Spider-Man's bad guys. How do you two feel about um, the the friction and obviously it gets worse but the friction that we see here for the first time between reed and uh pete oh it's wonderful <laughs> especially the payoff that we get in later issues it is wonderful because it's like there's a bit of reed that feels like pete's little naive right yeah but like I, I all kinda, your ideas kinda, are like simple I mean, but i kind of feel like but Peter reed's kind of a kinda, dick too. yeah yeah exactly um because a lot of people say the same thing about reed that he could be kind of a dick Think he's a god. I feel like he's afraid of power. Yeah, because even Peter mentions like he has all of these weapons that can do good, and he just keeps them locked up. We'll we'll get there, but I think he has a point. He has he has a he has a small point, but I think he has a point. I think that when it comes to life in general, this is this is this is my life lesson part of the podcast. When it comes to life in general, things are not easy and black and white, and there's multiple things that you can think you think has an easy answer. And um, it doesn't. So in this instance, they were talking about the war. They were like, um, why are we still in this war? And he's like, we're still in this war because Iron Man's still in this war because he thinks we can win. But if we just would have given up, all of this would have been done. But Iron Man feels like he needs to win it and that he's making us stay there. And um, that causes a bit of friction there. But, yeah. It's weird that, that, that Iron Man hasn't been, like, unmasked yet. I think throughout this. Yes, is, that's. Thank you for pointing that out. That's another big part. Yes, they're saying this every time that they mention um, Iron Man. It's I. It's Tony Stark's bodyguard, which was the story for many years. For many years, um, it was thought that Iron Man worked for Tony Stark, and that's why they they would do things in each other's best interest. Because you'd be like, why did he save Iron Man? Why did he save Tony Stark's mother? Like, oh, because he works for Tony Stark. So he got to excuse some of that stuff there. Um, oh, if only every superhero could like have an alibi been, like that. It also would have been way more dangerous, I think, if it would have been revealed early on that Stark, a weapons manufacturer, was actively helping continue the Vietnam War. Those, he, that's, I <laughs> forgot that he was a weapons manufacturer. I, oh, yeah, they God. get there later on. Because now yeah. that makes so much more sense of why he would want to continue the Vietnam War going. The amount of money he's making right now? Making that bread. He's making so much bread. War profiteer, man. <laughs> that's what he did. Um, elsewhere, Norman and Harry meet in jail or in one of those like visits where Norman tells his son that Spider-Man is the reason why everything has gone awry between them. He offers Spider-Man identity, Spider-Man's identity to Harry if Spidey should get in his way. We are also informed that Gwen and Pete are married and did so a year after Gwen Stacy, oh sorry, George Stacy, Gwen's father's death. Hoping to support his friend Mary Jane Watson, Pete goes to a nightclub where she is performing and meets up with her. And Harry in the VIP area. Although Harry is passed out. My Yo, man my man Harry. is party hardy, bro. My man Harry was on some uppers, some down. I think they say it, right? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. she does. Yeah, she does. Because I have it right here. I'm about to look for it. Where is it right now? This is party. Yo, Mary Jane really like steps on it, like, like tells him like, yo, you are like a nobody right now. Like, no, like 
you're high and mighty and all that. Like, she was saying some real shit to Peter. How did it feel to see um, Harry all drugged up like that then? It kind of hurt. Do you think that stems from everything he just did with his father? Like, we see, like, the continuing tortured nature of uh, Harry Osborne. Well, see, that's the thing is, you see that, um, what's it called? When he goes to visit his father, you just get a, I have a job for you. I just need you to do one more job. You're the only person I trust. And when you find out that Harry, spoiler, is the new goblin, now you just got to think how many times before Harry being drunk in a club did his father have him play the goblin? Have him intimidate board I mean, Mary members. Mary Jane's drinking at the club, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, but yeah, but uh, you don't want to mix uppers, downers, and alcohol. Like. I think I think that there's there's some truth to what you're saying in the sense that um, I think that even though Norman is supposed to be dead, or not dead, but in jail and like away from everything, he has caused and is still causing Harry a lot of trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Um, he loved Harry loves his father, and we find out in like subsequent issues that that love will take it, you know, will manifest itself in weird ways. But there's no doubt that Harry wants his father's respect, and um, initially he thinks that Peter gets too much of it. But um, and he's gonna get his heart broken at the end of this at the end of this issue. But uh, in the instance of the jail. Norman's like, this is your birthright. The Oscorp is your name. I need you to just hold down yeah, things right, for me. Right, right. Yeah. You understand? I understand that we don't get along and that you don't like me, but it's not even my fault. It's Spider-Man's fault. So hold down things for me. Hold down things for Oscorp and do me a favor. Take out Spider-Man because he's the one that's ruining everything. Yeah. And so um, with all that in Harry's mind, I guess he took some drugs and he is passed Yeah, out. she said yeah. it was an upper-downer combo. She called it fuel. Yeah. Fuel. I'm you know what, MJ? Done. I feel like MJ would know street drugs. Is that is that wrong for me to say? Uh, I mean, are we talking about the Kirsten Dunst MJ? Oh my God! Don't even get me started. <laughs> I feel like um, uh, MJ from Far From Home would finesse you for some. For some <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, stop! <laughs> Poor Zendaya. She, oh. got, she got dimes for. $50. Oh, remember that's not that's not just MJ. That's Melissa Jones. Is that was it? Those Michelle something? Oh, Michelle Jones probably. Michelle. Something. Um, yeah, they make small talk, Pete and MJ. But when Pete shows concern for Harry, MJ gets in his face about his attitude, saying he always fakes being concerned about his friends, but he's really just judging them. She lets him know that she knows his secret and finishes it by saying he was if he was truly concerned, Flash would still be alive. See, that's the thing. How many how many times has Harry gotten drunk has gone out to be Green Goblin for his father? Come home, felt the guilt of something that he had to do, gotten so drunk that he ends up rolling over in bed to MJ saying, hey, guess what? What happened last night? Oh, no, he just Pete, drank too much. Pete you know? Spider-Man, did you know that? I've known him forever. Like, I, mean, I, can, I could just see them getting really drunk. Like, she gets worried about him, and she's, like, trying to, like, shake him to wake him up out of a stupor, and he's like, Pete Spider-Man. And that's probably why he's drinking and doing drugs. Um, was MJ out of line? Same out of line question no. as before. no. no. Maybe. I think she was yes, and, uh, I think she was out of line for the flash comment. But yeah. I think I think you get into a situation where you do question these things, right? Like if somebody you knew was a cop and then um you know they're always talking about like, "Oh, I don't know, man. These streets are so dirty." It's like, "Are you doing something to fix this or are you just mentioning what's wrong in the world? We know what's wrong. We know that Harry's on drugs. Are you going to do something about it <laughs> or not?" Um and it also it also starts this narrative that MJ will always shoot straight with Peter. 
that MJ will always be like, hey, listen, right. I ain't got, I lose nothing by telling you the truth. And the truth is, you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> and so, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, later, Pete and Reed get into another argument, I think because Pete is mad yeah, about right, the whole the stuff club. that happened with MJ. Because yep, um, uh, <laughs> Pete asks Reed why most of his inventions, um, the one he chooses to, to single out is the... Um, the clothes. I had it in, yeah, and man. The what, is it, what the hell is it called, stuff? though? Oh, let me see. It's let called, me see. Let me try and um, find it. Unstable molecules. Unstable molecules. That the unstable mo- you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, if, for those unfamiliar, Reed Richards is said to be the person to invent unstable molecules um, as far as fabric is concerned. Suits that are able to withstand damage and, and revert back to its regular size. He was the original Edna Mode of the whole MCU. And it's who gives basically the costumes to everybody. That's why everybody's costume uh-huh. rips and goes back together or oh, whatever because yeah. Reed Richards creates he gives unstable. Agent Fl- that's how Agent Venom becomes Agent Venom. Yeah, he unstable gives a, He gives him the symbiote in a way that he could put it on like his watch or whatever and yeah. just press the button at any time. It's like nanotech meets symbiotic and it's crazy. Yeah, he's, he was always in on that. So I'm, I'm happy that they mentioned it because that's a big like Marvel invention, the unstable molecule suits. Um, and so Pete's like, uh, bro, if we got this, why don't we just give it to the public? And he's like, well, there's actual businesses in clothing. Right. If we just come in with our brand new, you never have to throw Recur- it out shirt. Everything, yeah. everything goes <laughs> yeah. to shit. And so while I understand Pete's logic of like, we have it. Why don't we give it to the public? Reed is just like, that doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And now this it work my that point way. of him being afraid of power. He has the power and he's afraid of it getting out. I think it's not the power, it's the responsibility. I think it has to True. do with the great power, yeah. great responsibility. He knows he has great power. But once he starts to feel that he is responsible for the uh, forward motion of the human race, that becomes a full-time job. He has to do that all the yeah. time. Yeah, he says, we need to be careful or we'll end up ruling the world, creating a massive level of inequality. Exactly. Because you start to say, I'm, I'm so smarter than everybody else. I have to evolve the species by myself, and that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Which is, uh, is Thanos' like motivation in Infinity War, basically. Like yeah. I have the responsibility to save the world. Let me do it. And so Reed insists that science can't interfere with the delicacy of the human existence. And Pete makes a dig at Reed's marriage, prompting uh, Reed to slap him. Yo, he huh. said your your wife left you for a man that lives under the sea. <laughs> Namor, shout Namor, out, yeah. yo, man, and he just with the with the stretchy arm, like from across the room, <laughs> yeah. like you know, you see it in the Israel. He. Back, but the best like part is, like, he slaps me. I let it land. Like, he, he let him yeah, get he, Yeah, he, he knew the... He felt the spider sense, but he's like, I deserve that one. I'll just let him get it. He's just having a hell of a, hell of a day, man. This is only the second issue, and we start to really see how um, how compounding these issues are, uh-huh. right? Like, if he was... If he really is one man that has existed through all these decades, you would see how somebody could break with everything that's falling apart here. Um... While visiting his wife, Gwen Stacy, at Miles Warren's lab, the Black Goblin, who has never existed prior to this issue, uh, appears. And it's Harry Osborne. He says that the genetic experiments that Miles was conducting were paid for, presumably by Norman, uh-huh. that, and that the benefactor is not happy to hear that Miles has gone ahead of the program. Spider-Man shows up, and the two fight before Harry blows up a wall, revealing the clones of Peter, Miles, and Norman. Sorry, Peter, Gwen, and Norman. Norman hoped to clone himself and pin his past crimes on the clone. 
<laughs> Which I think actually happens in the comics. He's like, oh, no, that guy is who did. I know Lex Luthor does it. Lex Luthor kills, I think, Earth 3 Lex. And is like, oh, yeah, he's the one that did all the bad stuff. I don't even remember what happened here. Uh, so I think that's kind of funny there, too. Yeah, talk about, like, an anvil drop. Like, a brick falling from a hundred-story building. Like, wow. Holy crap. The re- that reveal that it was actually, like, the real Gwen was not the clone. Like, she was in yeah, that because, pod. Because right. um, we find out that the whole reason why all of these clones even exist is because Norman, um, like I said, wanted to clone himself to pin the past uh, crimes on the clone. Uh, they wanted he wanted to clone Peter to have his to be his successor instead of his own son Harry, and um, the Gwen clone is not a request of Norman Osborn. No, that was Warren. That's yeah. Warren. Yeah. That's Miles Warren, God, who canonically, who canonically has always been obsessed with Gwen Stacy, who canonically Wasn't does that his, like his quote, col- the college student, like he was their yeah, college professor, he was their that's, teacher. That's wild. Yes, and he always clones Gwen, and that clone always dies. And they always, he's always the start of the clone conspiracy. He always creates Ben Riley. He is the one that does all this. Miles Warren. I, um, I hadn't heard of him because he's not in any of the, he's been barely in any of the animated, uh, series. He's very rarely in any of the movies. I don't think he's in any of the movies. And so when I was doing my, uh, reading of Spider-Man in general, he popped up in so many stories that I'm like, this is probably the highest profile comic book villain he has that has never been portrayed in live action. That's true. Uh, the, the Jackal, Miles Warren. Um, and so, yeah, he's a sick he's, he's a sick guy. We find out that Miles Warren ha- has cloned Gwen to have for himself. In anger over the whole succession thing, like uh, Peter being the successor, Harry blows up the lab and the clones, seemingly killing clone Norman and clone Gwen. As a shock ending, it is revealed that clone Pete is still alive. It's also revealed that clone Gwen was the original and Peter holds her lifeless body in his hands. A year later, in 1978, clone Pete and clone Gwen, or I guess, yeah, clone Gwen, start a new life as Helen and Ben Parker. In homage to an older comic, Peter flips out on MJ in his apartment and she decides to comfort him and hold him as he is brought to tears. I think that starts their relationship there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because they're yeah. like married ten years by the next or something like that. Like it's a, it's a yeah. while that they've been married. And there's a homage. That's an homage to an older Spider-Man story where Peter basically does the same thing. He yells at at her about his life and how everything's going wrong, and she walks out and she goes to close the door, but looks through like the little crack in the door and decides mm-hmm. to come back in and, and hug him and and comfort him. Um, it's a sweet moment in this comic, uh, and because his history is being shortened more bite size um i think that you like i said you really start to see the toll that all of this takes on a man yeah Yeah, on a man is that parker luck we always talk about that he has what's called parker luck it's a joke in the comics that he literally has the worst luck ever but i think that um comic book peter parker gets to benefit over having his history retconned over and over again so he's not literally uh dealing with 60 years of trauma but this spider-man will by the end of this book this spider-man will have dealt with everything spider-man has any ever dealt i wonder with. what's what's better the spider-man that had to deal with 60 years worth of drama in like 10 years or the spider-man that can have a break for a few years and then get more drama but that's kind of what happens in this book which is interesting um we it as it goes on we end up finding out that no um 
the Spider-Man that's there doesn't end up taking all of it. He only takes a he takes a break. He takes a break for I think ten years, maybe take a decade. Yeah, a decade. yeah. He takes a break for a decade. Um, but let's get to Secret Wars. So chapter three, our Secret Wars, nineteen eighty. It's nineteen eighty four, the year of Marvel's first epic crossover event, Secret War. Peter is on Battle World while MJ gives birth to his twins. MJ stresses whether or not Peter is okay, and this is the biggest heartbreaker, and mentions that she's been taking care of a ninety year old Aunt May who might be, be becoming senile. Uh, Again, yo, if the years I, are going, Aunt yeah. May can't last and forever. She, the, she, she called her babies. Gwen. Yeah. She took she the baby. She called her Gwen. That was what, what her is like, yo, can you imagine being married to this man for seven years, about to push out his kids, and his, his like surrogate mother calls me the name of his dead girlfriend from like half dead a- Dead wife. Dead wife yeah. from almost a decade ago. Yeah, man. Um... Yeah. Well, yeah, she does take the kids. She yeah. they, Oh, my that's God, that's right. Yep. Peter comes in contact with the alien symbiote that we're all familiar with uh, on Battleworld and brings it to Earth. He sees his kids and his wife and apologizes for not being around. Reed tells Peter that there's a Spider-Man doppelganger in a new black suit shooting criminals. Peter says uh, he's going to handle it. Aunt May has an episode, and Peter rushes home to find out Aunt May wandered off with the children. The cops say she was just standing at a shop window staring... While the kids cry. Did you notice that? I did not notice did that. Did you? Hold on. That's pretty cool. Did, what year is this? This is... Yeah. I think that's the year that it came out. That's, that's from Watchmen. That's from Watchmen. That's Warshak holding the end is nigh sign. Wow, that's awesome. Oh I'm, my I'm pretty God. Sure, and with the way Chip Sodarsky works, I'm pretty sure there's a bunch oh, one of, of uh, After reading background. Sex Criminals and seeing the, the level of pop culture references that he throws in his books, yeah. 100% that... There's probably a bunch I wonder if anybody there. even noticed this. Yeah, Watchmen, I believe, comes out in 84, because I think... Uh, or 85, and then um, 88 his is... jaw uh, is even on point. Yeah, and it looks like he has red hair. So that's interesting there. Uh, bu- 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 yeah, so Aunt May wandered off with the children... And they found her just staring at a shop window while the kids were crying. That's scary stuff. And so, MJ and Peter get into an argument about how to handle Aunt May. And Peter steps out uh, step out to get air at Spider-Man, leaving the symbiote suit behind. So given this situation, putting yourselves in Peter's uh, webbed shoes, what do you do with Aunt May? Are you? Do you guys believe in homes? In homes? Do you guys believe in homes personally? It's hard for me because my great grandmother. I live with my grandmother and my great grandmother, and my okay. great grandmother is going is going through the Aunt May thing. So it's okay. like it was starting to. It was hitting me a little hard because there are some nights where she would wake up screaming and crying because she doesn't know where she is. Like uh, so, it a home is not the best option in my case. Like right. especially like this is the 80s so it doesn't exist then or maybe it did. I don't know if homemades existed that long but if it's not They might have but I don't think there was something that probably you could afford. Yeah, it's probably You know, that was probably a bigger thing. Unless you have like a medical your insurance can cover it like you have a medical issue. Um but I think yeah, I think it's important because people do get old and I think that sometimes the idea behind a home is two things. One, that the people that she will be under the care of are actually licensed to do something, right? In case of emergency, they'll figure it out. And I think another part of that is out of sight, out of mind, right? If they're over there, they got to be better than what being over here. We don't know what's going on over there, but it's got to be better. Yeah, and but so then I, think, I, I, I tell you, what about Happy Gilmore? Yeah. Yeah. That scares me. Yeah. It happens. I mean... No, it, it, when I hear cases about it in the news, it's like it's sad. It's like, how are you going to seriously sit here as an adult... And get paid to torture old people. Oh, what are you gonna do with the older people in your life, Carlos Maximus? Nah, no, no, no homes. Nah, 
in the homes, they stay no. in the house. Even when they start wearing tinfoil hats, stay with me, man. They stay. You know, you do. You reverse the locks, so it doesn't. The door doesn't lock on the inside. It locks on the outside. Oh god! Or just get a door that can only lock with a key. (laughs) Well, Pete is over it. He goes to go get Ar Spider Man. Um, he comes face to face with his imposter holding a rifle and is revealed to be Craven the Hunter. They fight. Craven shoots Spider Man and buries him alive. This is all right out of Craven's uh last Last time, time, which is a very very good story. Hopefully, we'll cover that. Also, probably when Craven makes his cinematic debut. Um, the symbiote, sensing Peter was in danger, this is not happening, Craven's last hunt, uh-huh. uh, escapes from its holding capsule and travels all the way to the gravesite, um, helping free Peter. With the symbiote on, Peter goes out and to get revenge on Craven and be- beats him nearly to death before Mary Jane shows up. Sen- sensing that the symbiote has caused Pete to get out of control, she hits Parker with a sonic cannon. Removing the alien suit once and for all. Peter apologizes and remarks how his suffering seems to never end and that his life is destined to always fall apart. MJ takes the kids and moves away. Elsewhere, Craven goes to commit suicide before the symbiote wraps around him and the story ends. Before anything, can because I know it has it probably has nothing to do with anything, but can we just talk about the sadness of vision from this book? Oh yeah, yeah. Where yeah, he, sure. he goes to stop a Russian like nuclear bomb. But since he's intangible, he could he could survive the blast. But everyone around him just dies. Becomes like a, a dead. Zone, and then yeah. he but but he became in, in permanently intangible. Yeah. And no one knew if it was the horror or if it was caused by the explosion. Well, that's speak, that sounds like like vision stuff. That sounds like a vision vision thing. Um, um, um no no vision um, um yeah 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 vision yeah, yeah like that Tom Tom King like depressing vision stuff. That's what that feels like to me. Like uh, God, that's just. I just remember, just like I like. I can't pass over the. I can't just go to the next page and just not like sit here and just ponder the what's going through this poor robot's head because you don't have a brain, like an it's, actual. It's sad though, also to see like the bags, the the bags getting packed and the boxes getting sent out and and MJ getting the kids ready to leave Peter. Like that's yeah, that's big. That's like, big yeah, stuff yeah. there. Like Parker, you know, and again. Parker Luck. Yep. Like, no matter what he does, some part of his life he's going to lose. And that, that really kind of sucks. Mess up terribly. Yes. I, but she, she didn't have to give him that kind of ultimatum. But like this, the, is the 80, this is the 80s suit with the, like, the shoulder pads and stuff, right? This is like a football outfit. Or no? This is like a red and black. Um, From what? Spider-Man? For the 80s. Uh, in chapter three, he puts on a suit that has like like elbow pads and knee pads or whatever. Like it has like ribbed sections of the suit. Um, when he says he's gonna go out for air, he says I'm gonna go out for air, and he argues with MJ, and then you see his '80s suit. Um, oh, it's a regular joint. I think it's. I don't know what oh, you're talking about. Joint. It's a regular joint. So which one? Which story am I talking about? With the with the like the gray. I think I know what you're about to but, but he I also does have different costumes as it goes on. Yeah. Like yeah. the one from like I think it's like in the the 2000s or 2010s. It looked like it was from like the the one in the video game that had like the gray utility belt thing. The one in 2010s looks like kind of like Miles. It's like red and black and has like armor, armor, like legit because he's old. Um, so let's get to chapter four. So this is 1955, so Pete is quite old. Uh, it's 1955 and the issue starts off in Chicago where Peter's clone has been living as Ben Riley and also fighting crime as the Red Mask. We see an older Dr. Octopus attacking the city and he says he recognizes Ben 
from May's funeral confirming Aunt May's death, which probably then spurned angry Otto, which then made him go revert back to the uh, Dr. Octopus persona. He threatens to kill a civilian, specifically crush a civilian's head, if Ben doesn't come with him. In New York, Peter has created Parker Industries, and Tony Stark is offering a merger. Peter agrees on the one condition. Stop making weapons. Stark insinuates that the world is a better place because of him and his weapons, and asks Peter how his estranged wife and kids would fare without the protection of Stark weapons. Peter takes this threat and threatens to fight Tony, and Tony leaves uh, when Pete gets a call from Jessica Jones, and we find out that they're dating. Yeah. That was gotta be. Oh, I thought that was cool. That, exact. Oh, that yeah. was gotta be the coolest yeah, thing. Like Pete. one, Pete gets all Pete the girls, just, bro. Yeah, he kind of does. Yeah. But two, he got Jessica Jones. Yeah, Jessica Jones. I think it's also canonical that Jessica Jones and um, Spider Man went to school together, and Jessica Jones had a crush on Peter Parker. Yeah. Oh, um, what? Yeah. I'd have. I would have picked her over Gwen and MJ any day of the week. Um, but how do you guys feel about like business, Peter? Business Peter and Business Tony, you know, we we talk a lot about, like, MCU Spider-Man, and so they have, like, a father-son relationship. But in this, they're peers. They're almost equals, right? Yeah. How do you feel bit. about that? Um, in a sense, they seem like they're, like, they butt heads. Like, if they're, like, not enemies, but, like, well, that's what That's what happens, yeah. when, you're, that's what happens when you're equal maybe, with somebody. Yeah. You know, it's become, it doesn't become about, like, well, I admire you. It becomes, like, what are you trying to do? You know what I'm saying? Um, it was also, like, his butting heads with Reed, but on, like, a higher scale. Like, where this one, I'm just butting heads with my mentor, my boss. Here is like I'm butting heads with a guy that's that literally thinks he knows what's better than I do. That's the thing in this book, and uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Peter ever says that he like looks up to Iron Man. No, no. at all. Um, no, I don't think he there was, like, actually that kind at of several points like makes admirable admirable comments about Captain America, where he's like, "Wow, I can't believe he's still going to go fight and all this other kind of stuff." Like Cap would know what's right and all this other stuff. So I think you we already start to see the seeds of where his allegiance is gonna lie for this uh for the Civil War, which is important. Uh yes, we have old ass Otto upset. He's the Otto. Yes. But even though Jessica Jones and Peter Parker are dating, Pete's life as Spidey always gets in the way. It always, always gets in the way. He's still saving New York one mugger at a time, even though he's damn near fifty. And Otto shows up demanding Spider Man show himself. They fight, and Otto gasses Peter, who wakes up strapped to a medical table alongside his clone, Ben. Uh, Harry is all, is there also, as Otto threatens to kill him if he refused to help. Turns out, Otto wants to clone himself and needs both subjects to reverse engineer the process. Oh, I think I see what you mean by with the ridges. Wait, is it that one? Yes, it's the 90s outfit. All right. Where he has, like, that weird padding on the side of uh, Yeah, I see with the, with the gray burn. line going down. Yeah, yeah you see right Um... So, yeah, did I say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Engineered process. So, while looking at the scans of both bodies, it turns out that Ben was always the real Peter. Shoot. Now, I'm going to put a pin in there, in that. I'm going to get back to that in a second. Ben flips out and attacks Otto. While Otto is down, Ben asks Peter if he knew. And that gives Octavius enough time to try to attack Ben. Harry gets in the way and is fatally stabbed and Dr. Octopus gets away. Another death, man. <laughs> Another person Peter's holding in his arms that is dead. Uh, later, the two Pete's talk and switch to, into their rightful places with Ben resuming his life as Peter Parker and the other Pete goes to check on Norman, who ha- he's been keeping tabs on for years. He tells Norman that he knows he's the real Peter Parker and that Harry's dead. In a fit of rage, Norman tries to kill him with the goblin glider, but Pete destroys the glider 
and Norman has a heart attack and dies. Another person <laughs> dead. With Ben taking over as Peter Parker, the other Peter returns to his family who left him and greets MJ and his twins in a touching look of Spider-Man as a retired man. I thought that was a really, really sweet ending there. But No, I love like the last two pages, and it's like, Nine panels of no talking. Yeah. Just the drive up, the the emotional glance, the kids running, uh, mm-hmm. MJ crying. It's like, it's beautiful. Let me pick up that pin that I put down. Oh, here we go. <laughs> All right. So the main storyline that this, this, this is purporting to talk about right. is the Clone Saga. Clone. Um, if you guys are not familiar with the Clone Saga, it was this very, it was this supposedly a very short saga that ended up extending itself way longer than it was supposed to and became way more convoluted than it was supposed to. But ultimately, the entirety of the of the uh, whole storyline was for a reason. Turns out, people were like, hey, we don't like old Spider-Man. Like, we don't like old married Spider-Man that's doing all this kind of stuff. So... What was going to happen was they were going to clone Peter and then that Peter was going to become the new Spider-Man and then old Spider-Man and MJ were going to go live happily ever after as they do at the end of this book. Right. Um, but halfway through, they were like, no, I guess it's not the <laughs> real Peter and this one's the real Peter, but maybe Ben's the real Peter and Peter's the real Peter. Turns out that Peter was always the real Peter and um, they left it at that. And this, this book creatively and excitingly uh, decides that Peter knows that he's always been the real Peter. And he lets Ben take over his life as Peter Parker, yeah. which I think is an interesting thing. Like, could you imagine if all of a sudden you open the door and an exact version of you is on the other side and you go, you know what? You go to work for me. I'm going to go somewhere else. I thought that was a really cool, uh, nice little twist because it allows Peter to retire and allows him to uh, to live that life, man. He, We see how much he sacrifices. And isn't that what Cap says? Like, Great power, great responsibilities about sacrifice. And you're constantly doing it, bro. So don't even worry. Yeah, don't <laughs> He's like, don't even worry sweat. about it. And um, th- this reminded me very much of Cap going back to get his his uh, his dance. You know? Um, Peter gets to come back, get MJ, and get to raise his kids. Which, I mean, come on. Spider-Man deserves a happy ending, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Peter. Yes, so that is the 90s. Now let's get into the 2000s. It's 2006. Oh, uh, sorry. Chapter 5, Civil Engagement, the 2000s. It's 2006, and Spidey is facing off against Morlun of the Inheritors from the Spider-Verse event. Are you guys familiar? No, he just I looks like a bunch of different... Okay. He, what does he look like? He looks like Morbius. So Morlun is an energy vampire-esque person. Uh-huh. Robert uh, Pattinson? <laughs> sort of. Um, him and his family are called the Inheritors. And they travel from Earth to Earth, destroying the spider totems of each Earth. Uh, they can they feed by grabbing onto spider people and sucking them dry of energy until they die, and the spider people um they become almost immortal. They uh-huh. get really hard to kill. Yeah, but would it count if you're sucking the life force of a clone of a spider? Totem? So it does, but it wouldn't be as strong. Oh, and okay. there's some people oh. that are more that are more. It's like a vampire eating animals instead of human. Exactly. drinking animal blood instead of human blood. Like it, it gets us by. It's new. It's nutritious, but it's not nourishing. So yet. that's how we get Spider Verse in the comics. This family of vampires is going around oh, other really? Earths, destroy, killing Spider Men, and so they get to some come to six one six to be like, "Yo, we need to stop this. 
let's get as many of us that are still around and are not dead yet together because maybe we can, you know. Well, if it wasn't because I love Kingpin so much, I would actually would have liked that more as a plot for Into the Spider-Verse. But I do love Miles finding his footing. Into the Spider-Verse is an accident. They come there by accident, and then they and then they just try to fix it so they can go back. But in this, it's an active army of Spider-Man trying to stop Morlun, including uh, the Marvel versus Capcom Spider-Man, uh-huh. the Japanese Spider-Man, the Spider-Man from the '60s television show, and Spider-Ham, and Spider-Ham, yeah, right. Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Gwen comes from that comic. She was created from that comic, so um, it was really it was really the obvious choice. To do um, more Lun for that's the a 2000s. comic I would love to cover one day just for the color. No, no, uh, Spider Gwen, oh, just yeah. for its coloring alone. Yeah, just like the the black with like the pink neon. The, it's really like, great to read. Outlines and stuff. Yeah, really it's really stuff. great to read. Uh, yeah. So Ben Ben Riley Spidey is facing off against more Lun of the Inheritors from Spider Verse again. I had to read this twice because I wasn't really sure what happened. Um, because he kills Ben Riley. Uh, yeah, and you see, like from his so arm, his arm's confused. like gray, but the rest of his body looks like it's orange. He literally sucked the energy right out of Ben Riley. Ben Riley is dead, <laughs> but Ben Riley has been living life as Peter Parker. So to people in New York, Peter Parker is dead, and he's Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, regular Pete, our Pete, who's living in Oregon with his family, and he's retired. He finds out about Ben, tells his family that they're all in danger, and his daughter's like, "Yo." You need to just go back to New York and do the Spider-Man thing. He's like, nah, I don't got it in me. And she My man like, said, this isn't a discussion. He's yeah. like, yo, we're not talking about this. When did you become an authority, huh? Huh, and, Ma? And then his daughter's like, but what about that time you went to New York for J. Jonah Jameson's funeral? I saw footage of you during 9-11 helping out people in a devastated New York. Yo, it's so funny because he has like the Ben Riley Scarlet yeah. Spider yeah. mask on yeah. in a suit, cool. yeah, picking up it. like building parts. That's like- it because he swore against ever pick, putting on the suit again. But even in the time of crisis, Spider Man has to be Spider Man, man. Of course, it was, it's this specific panel, this specific shot of just him just holding up the debris in a yeah. Spider Man mask is it's yeah. it's one of my favorite just to look at. Just and like you have um, the devastated New York because of the terrorist acts of nine eleven, firefighters and cops. And Peter right there alongside them. And again... Wasn't there a whole Marvel run of in 2001 that was part of the 9-11 thing? I think, I think almost every Marvel comic touched on the event. Like, it actually, um, like, some of them got, got like, actually affected and, and, yeah, sh- and stuff yeah, by it. Yeah. yeah. Like, the villains were all, like, this is fucked up. Yeah, even <laughs> the villains found them just to be... Like, yeah. when, you, when you're like that, then yeah. you know things is bad. Um... We cut to the White House, where Tony Stark has been made Secretary of Defense, and his Superhero Registration Act is in full force, prompting this world's civil war between registered and unregistered superhumans. So that means he's been doing this civil war thing for like yep. six like He's gained years. enough confidence to become the Secretary of Defense. Like we, man, we talking like 50 years he's yeah. been doing this civil war with Cap. Yeah. Um, because even in like the seventies or eighties, I think it was on Reed was like he even got Giant Man in on it. And once you get Giant Man, like, oh, what's, yeah, the sto- like what's the stopping the enemy from finding out Giant Man's like pin particle stuff, like, and then creating a whole army of giant people? To, yeah, to, yeah. So that's what he means by saying, even while trying to help, we might hurt, we might make things worse, which is a hundred percent true. Just turn the gun to battery acid or the bullets to the powder. <laughs> there you go, right? liquid mercury. Uh, bye. He gets word that Peter Parker isn't dead, as presumed, after Morlone's attack, because old Pete is back and reclaiming that life. Pete tells the story to the paper, 
to clear his name, and Tony confronts him and demands that he registers. Uh, when Peter tells him to go to hell, Stark's Avengers show up to subdue him. Back in Portland, Morlun finds uh, oh yeah, he's wearing this team the cap Parker disguise. Family. But it's the MCU disguise that always kills me. It's the baseball cap and sunglasses. sunglasses. Like, are you really like hiding your face? That's it. Um, yeah, they uh, Morlun finds the Parker family. Um, but in New York, it's Pete alone versus Stark's Avengers when he's saved by a star-spangled shield, prompting the reveal of Cap's secret Avengers. Pete's kids try to fend for themselves with Morlun, who attacks Peter's son, Benji, giving Claire, his daughter, enough time to attack and kill Morlun as a horrified MJ watches on. Yeah. That's my favorite part is MJ's face. Like, oh, my God, yeah. She's all like, what is going so on? Is this Iron Fist in a but in in an Iron Man, yeah, we outfit? have Iron Fist. Who's on that team? Iron Fist, uh, Captain Marvel, She-Hulk. She-Hulk. I think that's supposed to be Black, Black Widow. Widow and War Machine, which makes a lot of sense. All those people make sense. Uh, She-Hulk is, except for Iron Fist, actually. She-Hulk is um a lawyer. Uh, Rhodey works for the military, so does Danvers. Um, and Widow is working for Shield. Shield. So yeah. I'm just mad that they gave Iron Fist his freaking. Classic like collar, collar right? on the Iron Man suit. That's like who designs that? What do you have for um who's on that Secret Avengers team? I know it's I think it's Luke Cage, Captain America, Cloak and Dagger? Or just Cloak? I think so. I gotta be up to see the neck. Oh, because they coming in to fight, I think. Yeah, they're gonna come save him right right there. Yeah, it's uh Cloak and Dagger, uh Hawkeye, Luke Cage, and Captain America. <laughs> Hawkeye. Still yeah, and they all got beards. They got beards. Hawkeye got. Hawkeye I'm got. I was gonna say uh, cloak, but I mean dagger better not have a beard. Nah, dagger just got the short hair, and she got a crescent moon tattoo on her face. That's dope. Uh, but yeah, Claire, uh, uh, Claire Parker got caught a body. Mulan is dead. Crazy, right? She swung the hell out of that piece of wood. I thought Benji was dead actually, because she holds uh, Benji, her brother, in her in her hands, and I'm like, oh. Did he, did he just, is this another Parker death? Like, this Dan Parker luck? Uh, absolute the worst, which is bananas. But, uh, Pete gets one of his old suits and rejoins the fight, taking down Stark in the process. This is like the football kind of looking suit. It's like red and black. Um, looks like he has like, like, um, boots. He looks like, like a, like, like Metroid. Look like he looks like, like <laughs> he's like uh he looks like Miles Morales a bit because that's I'm I'm guessing that they're going with the how Iron Man and the in the MCU gave Parker the new updated suit that's what we're gonna do yeah. with Spider Man giving Miles his updated suit and he picks the black one which makes a lot of sense um yeah so he fights Stark he takes him down he actually unmasks him in front of everybody. And the two have last words, and Cap tells Pete, Stark won't stop until he finds his kids. They talk about being old men and leaving the world a better place uh, when they go as the issue ends. So at this point, he's 60 years old, Peter Parker. Shoot. Um, how do you guys feel about Tony's offer? Did you call it an offer? How do you guys feel about Tony's confrontation with Peter? Well, I like the confrontation, but even more so that it was a hologram after a while. Peter yeah, he goes to, go, to touch him Peter on the chest. To go, yeah, touch him on the chest to go. He was a hologram, and he went right through him. Yeah. Um, how do you guys feel about Peter? This is the last time we see Tony Stark in this story. How do you guys feel about Tony Stark's portrayal in this? I hope he got killed in the next ten years. Now. I feel like it was spot on. <laughs> I feel like they got it right. This would have been the continuation. 
Right. Yeah, I, like, I right? feel like this is a Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark. But I also feel like that Tony Stark had more of a motivation for his Civil War. As, since I haven't read the original Civil War, I don't know Stark's motivation there. So the events of Civil War are triggered by an accidental killing of a bus full of children. Ah, uh, I can see why that There's would... an accidental explosion where a villain combusts himself holding onto a hero who's touching a school bus full of children inside. And it blows up. I think even the town blows up as well. And um, somebody's like, well, we need to be put in check. And then that starts the whole thing from there. So collateral damage. Where I feel like this is different. This is like building an army almost. You know, I feel like this specific Tony Stark is only doing this civil war for the profiteering of war. weapons. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, like, listen, like, I don't have any real ideals and morals. I'm making money while you idiots fight, so let's do this. Yeah. Um, you're a big Tony Stark fan. Are you digging this portrayal, Claudius Maximus? Oh, or he's yeah. a little bit meaner, especially, he's a little bit especially more. Especially since it's involving the war and stuff like that, so. Yeah. I think it's a little spot on. No, yeah, I totally dig it. Um, this is actually the last issue we see a lot of these people. Uh, yeah, because this last issue, uh, the, the very last issue, six just goes. And it also takes place thirteen. It also takes place thirteen years after this one. Um. So, yeah, it's cool that they did both Spider Verse and Civil War though in this. I thought that was a pretty cool uh pull there. Yeah, it was like like each issue is like two to three uh, major big, yeah, plot big... points, like major like character arcs of Spider Man thrown into a uh, issue, and it's really good. Yeah, and because we're reading, because this book has an end, his villains have ends. You know, uh, Harry, that end is death. Harry's a lot gone. Auto um, ran away. We'll get to him in a bit. Um, uh, Green Goblin it, it had a heart attack. He's dead. Uh, Craven seemingly caught, shot himself. We'll get back to him in a bit. And so there's a lot. Well, going I don't. On there in I don't think there was a gunshot that went off. What did in, they? in the story of Craven's Last Hunt, that's usually how that story ends. He ends with he knows he has cancer, so he shoots him, so he kills him. No, he knows he has cancer from the jump, so he goes to hunt Spider Man as as the biggest game. No, that's what I'm saying. Like like yeah. that he was he only that the Craven's Last Hunt thing is because he knows he has cancer, so yes. that's yep. why it's Craven's Last Hunt. Yep, and then he kills himself. <laughs> and he I, kills himself in kind of sorta in victory. Like he Well, he went out on his own terms. He um because he wins in that story. He doesn't really, like, lose. He did shoot Spider-Man. I think at the end, Spider-Man's, like, trying to beat him up. And he's all like, what's all this for? Like, I won already. Like, I hunted you and I buried you. And, yeah, you came back and that's great. But, come on. Um, so, I thought that was pretty damn interesting there. We're about to round out this whole uh, series by getting into Chapter 6. All of my enemies from 2010. So, oh, sorry, the 2010s. Speaking of which, what covers did you guys like from these? What was your favorite cover of the six? 70s. 70s I like the le- the yellow with the pumpkin. Oh yeah, I was a fan of that one. And really, the first one, really, because I like oh, the Vietnam helicopter. Yeah, that he's swinging off the helicopter and the like turquoise blue background. Yeah, really great. Oh, but then again, there is this black one with him in the all uh, black. I kind of like the five, but I also like number four. Four is him in the casket. No, four is him on. Three is him in the on, casket. Uh, on like it's like a window, and it's cracked. Oh yes, yes, yes. I like five right. because of the whole American flag, and he looks like he's drowning. 
Oh yeah, it's like the Caps American flag like design. Yeah, and then this this one has but to three, th- but three is pretty good. I like three six. Yeah, six is kind of depressing. It's like him getting lost in the blackness. I feel like it's the it's not Parker. It's just the suit, like the symbol of okay. Spider Man, and anybody can fill that suit now. It's like basically foreshadowing. It's letting you know what the ending is gonna be because yeah. like, it's an empty Spider Man suit. That speaks volumes to me. But damn, twenty nine. We're in twenty nineteen. Yes, us and the the, the no. comic. But this—that's what's kind of funny. Like this is illustrating how kind of preposterous it would be for a seventy-year-old Spider-Man to exist. Um, but we have heroes like Batman who are much, much, much older. As a matter of fact, in about nineteen years, Batman will be a hundred years old. Shoot, Jesus. Oh, sorry. Batman would have been Batman for 100 years. Yeah. Bruce Wayne would probably be 130 years old or <laughs> well, 125 I mean, we only have, years old. We only have what? We have like f- less than a decade until Superman makes his 100 years? In about 10 years. Well, because you came out with like the 20, like 24, 25, no, no, 30, 30? Nah, 38, and then Batman's 39. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. 38. Like, after all the depressions and stuff like that. Um, so then we already had our Superman 80 last year. Yes, we did. We did. Uh, we covered it here. Uh, I knew it. Yeah, we covered it here. We did. We don't uh, miss nothing, guys. Superman eighty, and then Detective Comics eighties was this year. A Detective Damn. Comics uh, eighty years, one thousand issues. Yep. Uh, Spider Man is Marvel's closest hero to getting to that. He just hit eight hundred <laughs> issues last year. Yeah. Well, from before they cu- before they uh, g- brought in uh, Superior Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man was actually the longest running comic book title name like because they ain't any, freaking ridiculous man so anyone. they did he's right this amazing spider-man went on to about i want to say like the high fives maybe 599 and then six instead of being 600 no it that's what it was one. yes it was um it was five it was 599 in like 2000 d- december of 2012 and then yeah. january of like 2013 or like probably the different year they brought in superior spider-man issue number one instead of doing amazing spider-man 600 yes and so that breaks it up and um, Marvel, I gotta check again, but there was a time when they tried to go back to the legacy numbering, and it was ridiculous. You have to see these infographics that they would create, where it would say, like, um, like, it, it would try to explain to you the run of a comic, right? So it would say, Amazing Spider-Man on the top, and then it would say, 1 to, um, 600, 1 to 599. And then it would say, oh, after that, you have to read Superior Spider-Man, let's say 1 to 50, right? And then it would say, after that, you have to read Spider-Man 651. Because they're going to add all of it to then get to the oh, legacy yeah, I numbering. Think, I think Superior Spider-Man ended up just being part of the and Amazing so, Spider-Man run. So, when you read some of the Marvel comics now, it's hard because it breaks back into one when they do uh, All New, All Different. Um Marvel Now, all that kind of stuff, they kept starting it back at one. Well, see, that was my always intimidation when it came to, like, trying to read a, a long-standing run. Because, like, you'll read one panel, and at the bottom will be just, like, a little post-it note of saying, read, go back to, go back yeah. to like, 200 issues ago to get caught up on what's going on now. It's like, oh, I don't want to do that. Right, right. Like, yeah, I don't want to read Batman, like, right now. It's like, what do you guys have, like, 80 issues in this King run? Who has the time? Who has the time? Who has the time to be depressed like this? Um, I, I'm curious to see, and I, I guess I just have to do the research, as to who would be the next person to get close to that thousand number in Marvel. 
Uh, I don't think it's Hulk because I think he started and stopped a lot of comics. Captain America is probably up there, but he's not. I think he's in the high 600s, maybe. Black Panther, I think, is also... No, no, no. I think he stopped a couple what years. What about Iron Man? Iron Man might be. But they also stopped making Iron Man comics for a while because people weren't necessarily, you know... Yeah, uh, uh, yeah a lot of the, the comics shelves. that are coming back now is because they were in the MCU and got that new... You get life. to issue a thousand by never stopping printing. <laughs> yeah. By printing every single week forever. And so unless your comic was literally that good, uh, you're not going to hit that those numbers. They would have stopped for two or three years. The Fantastic Four themselves, Marvel's first family, they didn't print a comic for them for what, four years? Mm-hmm. They wanted yeah, a four-year hiatus because it. they didn't feel like making <laughs> Fantastic Four comics. So, you know, it happens. Uh, um, so it's cool that they took their most... Probably the most, uh... Well, the three most revered comic book characters of all comics is Spider-Man, Superman, Batman. Like, yeah. those three They're probably the most are... recognizable symbols in of all time. And considering that, um, Spider... Oh, sorry, Batman and Superman have a roughly, like, 25-year jump on, on Spidey. For Spidey to be neck and neck with these guys... Yeah, but he was also the first kid superhero. Like, not sidekick. He was the first kid superhero. But what happens when you take the kid out of it? That's what this book is. That's where we get to book six. And well, then we get to what, what uh, Christopher Nolan always tried to make his Batman movies about, where Batman is a symbol. Anybody can wear the mask. I feel the same thing that they did with this with this final issue of Life Story, where Spider-Man is a symbol, and anybody can wear the mask. I mean, he was retired for, what, 10 years? Yeah. Ben Riley was doing his thing as Spider-Man. How do you feel about... Letting somebody else hold that down while you live the rest of your life, uh, Carlos Maxman. I don't know, man. Did he? Oh, did <laughs> it's like, did I need he earn a vacation. It? Did he earn it? You're not even wrong. Would like, you, I need a vacation. Did he earn it? Would you dig that happening in continuity at all? Uh, the twist is cool. I like the twist. Yeah. Because so, uh, we've been the only thing we've been shown is that it takes Peter apart. He needs to die before somebody else picks up the main mantle. Um, but how do you feel about him taking a break? Um, can you blame him? Can I can't blame him. Oh, especially after MJ left. He, I think, like you said, you go, when you watch, or sorry, when you read these issues, Cap's words ring true about how much Peter is sacrificing because he feels like he has to. Um, he has no life besides the 10 years that he got from here. You know, it, it, it gets a lot more um, tricky after that. But let's finish this off. Let's talk about chapter six, all of my enemies, talking about the 2000s. It's 2019, and a very old Peter Parker goes on a spacefaring mission with his new protege and fellow Spider-Man, Miles Morales. We find out that the superhero civil war went on for so many years, uh, and it cost lives on both sides. Because the heroes were so busy fighting themselves, the world was thrown into chaos, and the only man who was able to bring order to the world was Dr. Victor Von Doom. And he also states that the world was in such unrest that they basically begged for a guy like Von Doom to come in. Well, and we've heard canon? stories. Yeah. We've heard stories. Well, Von Doom like being like an em- like an, an emperor. An okay leader. Yeah, he he rules Latveria. So yeah. Latveria is his own land, his own sovereignty. He's like nation. not a bad leader. He's not like a dictator. So He's one, like- at one point, the Fantastic Four remove him from uh, power and the people are like, what are you doing? Like, we're all good. We're eating. Everything's fine. Yeah, I remember that. And so it becomes like this big thing of like, he's he's a benevolent leader. Um, but you know, it is. Latveria voted for uh, Trump, and that's why. But we've also heard stories of countries, like um, smaller countries or countries that are strife with war, um, how sometimes they want a dictatorship. They want just one person to ho- like, 
Hold all this down. Freedom comes with a price. No one, no, no one understands that. Yes. Freedom comes with the free choice of doing whatever you want, and that means you have consequences. Yes. And it also, freedom usually allows for the thing that you don't like to happen. True that, too. <laughs> um, because I said, freedom of speech, um, you know, you usually worry about the things that people, you don't want people to say. But, you know, neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Now Peter leads the resistance against Doom with other young heroes like his daughter Claire, Miles, and even Kamala Khan. According to Parker, all his friends are dead or have vanished. Uh, like I said, he's 70 years old, man. Um, he's hoping to reach a Stark laboratory in space with Miles, where there's a machine that can render all of Doctor Doom's tech on Earth useless. When they arrive, Miles is acting a bit hostile, um, and they find the machine. Yeah, yo. Oh. So how do you guys oh. feel about, without the spoiler, yeah, how do you guys feel about Miles being so snippy? No. <laughs> yo, I was I was laying like down. That. I was yeah, I was I was kinda down with that. You were kinda down yeah, with him I being like Because yeah, at, at many points, Peter Parker's trying to make pop culture jokes and you'll have um Miles being like, This is not a time to joke. Like we got big things See, to worry about. See, at first I understood. Here. At first I understood. But then he, then he started going like a little hard with it. Where yeah. I'm just like, yo, yeah. wait. <laughs> well, wait, what calls, are you saying? At one point he calls him Parker. Yeah. Which is something a younger person doesn't do to an older person for the most part. You won't just call somebody out by their last name and be like, you need to, you need to get your head together. Like, the, yeah, that, that, that <laughs> never happened. Um, yeah. Just as they start their plan, they're attacked by Craven. Wearing the Ven- Venom symbiote, and Peter is able to take down the hunter with a sound wave that leaves behind only his skeleton. I knew Craven was gonna be on there because he wasn't hearing, and he was hearing like noises in the ship, but he wasn't hearing his spider sense. Yeah, and he's like, "Did Doom find a way to like?" If it wasn't for the vest, I I would think that it was just some long haired. That's gotta be the coolest symbiote. looking Venom yeah, was, ever, bro. Cool, yeah, he's got long that's hair. That's vest. that's cool. Yeah. Um. And so Craven basically says through the symbiote that he promised that he would hunt him and he would take hunt him to the end of the earth. But yeah, Peter kills Craven. Yes, he did. That man's dead, right? It's oh, just bones. Yeah, it's he just punched bones. him with a He's sonic wave, like he legit put like the sound. Wave. Remember the symbiote grabbed onto him. Yeah, well, it grabbed onto oh, Miles. Yeah, real quick, and that's what also why Peter thinks that there might be something going on with Miles. Um, oh yeah, because right before um. Peter went to go punch him. He like he grabbed onto Miles. He's like, "Oh, old friend, I yeah. see how it is," or something like that. Let's, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. What did he tell him? Well played, old friend. Yes. Um. He says that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that was right Peter mentions Joel. that all his enemies uh, are dead, and turns his attention to Miles and calls him Otto, deducing that Otto Octavius is somehow inhabiting Miles' body. Yeah, dude, I was laying down. I was like, oh, and I had to sit up for that. God. I'm like, yeah, no, well, they do what? The, because they do the, the, the face superior change. They do the superior they also, Spider-Man. They also do the face change, like Miles smiles. Like, you know, they do that whole, like, dun, 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 you caught me, you know, kind of stuff. Um, so I thought that was really, really good, cool, the way that they played that. How were they going to do superior Spider-Man? And they figured out a way. Um, and that's, like, the most recent of Parker's, like, World big, shattering big events, yeah. Well, like the this... co- actually, the combination of Miles and like you say, we oh yeah, two. yeah, Miles. And I did the say there was creation of Miles and um and in- integration of Miles and the uh, Superior Spider Man. I think are big, big, big parts of. This and it makes sense mythos. that they're doing it. In, like they're they're saving it for 2019. Like they're saving it for like 
our current year because now if this was a canon story newer readers that are going into this the first time and reading this can feel confident enough to pick up a Miles story and feel like okay so now I have a new Spider-Man for a new age I also feel like um while the stories do their best to pay homage to to uh Spider-Man stories they don't do them 100% faithfully allowing you to still be surprised by those stories. Allowing you to still be like, oh, I know parts of this, but what's the rest of it? Oh, no, yeah. A lot of these stories are so important. There's that's no like, you venom know... in this. Yeah. There's no venom in this. That's a big part of Spider-Man. Well, no. Uh, venom, be- hey, venom became Craven. I get that's That's how I figured it would be. Instead of Venom being Eddie Brock, there is no Eddie Brock because he never really <sighs> met him. Instead of working for like the Bugle fully, he probably just got better paycheck at uh, the Baxter building and be able to do his own Parker Industries. So instead of it going to um, old Eddie Brock, I feel like it just went to Craven. It just stayed on him. Well, it did, it did have to get to somebody who hates Peter Parker, right? So yeah. I guess that makes a lot of sense. But like have such a hatred that it's like bloodthirsty. Yeah. And Craven had a bloodthirsty rage for this dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Otto reveals that he had always been planning to inhabit Peter's body, but that Peter's just as old as him. So <laughs> screw that. He's gonna get the young, the new young body, and a guy with powers. Miles got powers. Um, Listen, I don't want to say why he chose Miles, but we all know why he chose Miles. Why did he choose Miles? Because Mister Otto Octavius is not well endowed. Is that what it is? That's what it is. <laughs> That's what he it chose is. Miles because he's not well endowed. He's gonna try the Aunt May thing again. <laughs> Um, yes, so they fight and Peter's like, we should be at a standstill, but Miles has powers that I don't. So it's really tripping me up with all this stuff because he can turn invisible. He has venom blast, all this other kind of that stuff. Is, that, that's not just from the movie. That is canon. That's canon. Yeah, that's canon. He can actually yep, turn invisible on command. Yep. That's, he's got the, st- the that's, sting. That's dope. Yep, he has a venom touch. Um, oh, and he, oh, so that's so everything that the Miles was in the Enter the Spider Verse movie that they like they stuck with his origins. Yeah, so, yeah. that's yeah. pretty good. And he does he gets bit by a, a spider that was at his uncle's house because his uncle was the prowler doing all kinds of crazy shit. And oh, yeah. Oh no, yeah. Here, I think like he took him to like what took he, him take, to he took him to like an underground. But he had nothing subway. to do with the, Well, he kind of did have something to do with all that stuff. We'll talk about that. When we yeah, talk about yeah. Spider Verse. I wish I was on it. Um. Oh, yeah, go back and listen to our Spider-Verse episode. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, Octavius says that Doctor Doom aided him in inhabiting Miles, with the price being Otto keeping tabs on Peter for Doom. Somehow, they fight in Pete's mindscape, which is something that happened a lot in Superior Spider-Man. They're always fighting yeah. in, in his brain, in his mind. Well, that's how Otto, I think, ended up getting like the one-up on him. Like That's why he ends up getting into Parker's body. Was a whole fight in like the brain, mm. which is this is a dope shot though. It's like it, it's in a in a way, it's like watching Peter take down the Sinister Six without yeah. really getting a Sinister Six. Yeah, and there's even six of them there. There's Venom. There's oh, no, Goblin. Definitely, it's, it's definitely a Sinister Six. How do you feel about the whole Mindscape thing, uh, Carlos Maximus fighting in the that brain? Was, uh, that was unexpected, honestly. Cause he like headbutts him, yeah, or something, he right? <laughs> Or maybe they just, maybe they just touch forehead to forehead. Um, 
Yeah. And then from so there, Parker main, brings in a bunch of his. Well, that's what happened. So somehow they fight in Peter's mindscape, Otto and the Sinister Six versus each decade's version of Spider-Man. Otto becomes a younger version of himself and seemingly I has... see what you mean with the shoulder pads. It's in the mindscape. Yeah. There's the shoulder pads yeah, and the yeah. oh, okay, and the utility. Yeah, oh, he has like okay. armor. Yeah, this is the armored Spider-Man. This was in the video game. Remember the old Spider-Man 2 game that was like for like ah, PlayStation 1? Yeah. Yeah, this I remember this armor. That's another thing. Just like Batman, like Spider-Man is as famous for all his suits, his variation of suits. I, I really like um, all the different kind of uh, suits there. I feel like Cap would be in there too. Like, especially it's like mostly. The... I think modernly. Like, I think since maybe like the 2000s, they've changed it up. But for a lot of parts, it was like that. Thing, I just know it's, it's different in every movie, and I love it. Oh, yeah. Every appearance of Cap in all those that's, movies is different. That's to sell Funkos. <laughs> that's why it's being sell Funkos. Hey, well, Tony Stark got a new. Tony Stark debuted. Three Iron Man suits in this movie. <laughs> so now we got three Funk, six Funkos because three of them have oh, yeah, the helmet the, off. They got the Mark 7, the Mark 5, and the uh, Mark I, 7 helmet off. Mark 5 <laughs> helmet I off. I hate when the Funkos do it, where they literally sell the same Funko, but just one is helmet off, one is helmet on, one has a weapon, one doesn't. Yeah. I, ugh. Funkos. So, yes, Funkos. Uh, but yeah, so they fight. Octavius turns into a younger version of himself and seemingly has Spider-Man defeated before Aunt May materializes and gives Otto a hug, effectively ending the fight, almost kind of killing him with, with kindness, even though she doesn't kill him. Um, with damage to the ship rendering it close to destruction, Pete puts Otto in the only escape pod and does his best to hold the ship together long enough to deploy the EMP to destroy Doom's empire. How do you feel about him saving Octavius? Letting Octavius, uh, well, he did it for a re- he, He's like, I mean, he told him to go give Miles' body back to Miles. <laughs> yeah, you better. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm only <laughs> saving you so you can give him his brain back. Like, stop this. But this was sad. This was sad because at this point, it's like 12 o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting up. I, I can't even lay down at this point. I'm just sitting up reading this, and I'm just like, no. Wait, no, the only escape, I had shades of like, of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in my head, or like, I only got a jetpack and a oxygen tank, which one you want, like, yeah, like, I couldn't, I was just like, no, are they really about to do this, are they really about to do this, and they really did it, yeah. self-sacrifice, and what a self-sacrifice this is, like, wow, Ugh. Um, and it, 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 it caused to all of the parts of Peter literally trying by himself to hold things together, right? So it's the train sequence in Spider-Man 2. It's the... Um, the fairy. The fairy sequence in... Uh, homecoming. Homecoming. Uh, I think it's a bell sequence in uh, Far From Home. It's like a... Like a yeah. Like a church bell. Um, and so he's there, and he's trying to put... Pull this whole ship to hold it together so the machine could deploy the EMP. In a last ditch effort, in a very cool effort, the symbiote helps out. Yeah, did I you guys was, see that? Yeah, I no, did. yeah, but do you I think love it saved that them? Part. I was like, oh, that's awesome, dude. It could have. Do you think it could? It could have, but I think the story works better if he dies. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. It could have saved who him. Who wants to? But I think it works better it's if like, he dies. Who wants to live like that? And also, it's the like, explosion would have probably killed the symbiote as well. This, the, but but there's no noise in space. But there's fire. That's true. <laughs> Wait, how can there be fire in space if there's no oxygen? Let me not even... It's a whole, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a rabbit hole, man. It's a whole thing. <laughs> I, I, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Peter has a near-death vision of MJ. This is probably the most heartbreaking No, this was the most... This is where I'm like, damn, Chip, what are you doing to me? Yeah, because he has a uh, near-death experience of vision of MJ 
telling him that they will all be okay without him. And at one point, he's like, she's like, come on, silly. I'm just like a version of that your brain thought of. And I was like, wow. No, but I love it because what I love it is in the the beginning of that issue, when he's about to go to space and and, uh, he has the internal monologue, he's saying everything that she's about to say. And then she goes and says it. And he's like, you know, I know you better than I know myself. Yeah. So that's why he's able to have a, a legit conversation with the memory of, or the, the imagination of Mary Jane. Because, like, I already know what you're going to tell me. Forty years of marriage, two kids, and a life in Oregon. I know what you're going to tell me. And I think the world, this specific world, will be okay without Spider-Man. Because they have a new Spider-Man. And very much, I've only ever felt this feeling once. Of what I felt at the end of this. Right. Which is what I felt at the end of Endgame. Uh-huh. Which is you can rest now. You yeah, legitimately yeah. have been can, drugged. Yeah. And Tony Stark had only been drugged for 10 years. Maybe less than that. Um, Spidey got it for 60. For 60 years. His best friend died. And his wife died. And his aunt died. And um, Norman Osborn had a heart attack in front of him. All of his enemies. All of his friends. Everyone's dead or kind of dead. His only hope is to inspire the youth. And he hopes to do so. By doing this, by taking the sacrifice. But it's also how and long has Miles been Otto? We don't get no mention of this. It's just a. They That's were just giving true. us a, a spirit. Yeah. What if it's that he only found Miles through chance, like um keeping like uh Doom keeping tabs and finds hey there's this kid that's just like Spider Man just got bit. All right, let me take his brain, study, train, and then try and be his. His little protege. That would make a lot of sense because, you know, he needed to get close to so keep what if tabs, Miles? So. If, I mean, yeah, they do show it at the end of the issue that Miles did know. Oh, you're, you're posturing whether or not Miles is still Miles at the end of it? I was, I was always wondering how long was Miles himself before you get to read 19, the 2010? Yeah. I mean, yeah, at the end of this, you do know that Miles was with the Parker family for a while. Yeah. And fighting alongside the resistance. But you're right. It could happen at any point depending on how... Um, so I, this is what I would have to say then to that. I would have to say that it hasn't been for a long time because Peter deduces pretty quickly that he's miles by the way that he talks. Right? Yeah, that's true. He's like, Oh, he would never say, he would never call the villain by his full name. Yeah, that's he, what he did. And I think that he would have outed himself accidentally a while ago, but it could still have been like a month. A month is a long time with an intruder in your house. <laughs> and somebody I think else was just doing, I think I truly think that this was his plan. I think this whole sac- this sacrifice thing, I think it was... Oh, it's pl- Peter's plan? I think that was Peter's plan of of getting Otto out of Miles' body and being able to finally, like, rest. Because we, we truly don't know how depressed Peter might be. I mean, it, it, this is the end of it, though. Like, this... Well, literally, right? Uh, because the ship explodes and Peter dies. MJ gives Miles Peter's old outfit, and the story ends with Pete's dream about stopping the crook. That would go on to kill Uncle Ben, saying it's different this time. It's a good dream, and you can see him stopping the criminal. What do you think that dream means? The end of the it's, of it, second guessing, or uh, I don't know. No, uh, it I, means something, yeah, right? It means, it means I something. think I know what it means. I think it's him putting to rest the guilt that he always felt, because that's always what drove Spider Man, especially that you see in these issues. It's the guilt of losing Flash. Right? The guilt of losing his uncle drove him to be Spider-Man. The guilt of losing Flash drove him to do better with his like, with his powers. Yeah. The guilt of losing uh, Gwen Stacy and Harry seemingly got him. Uh, it gave him a new a drive for a family. 
the guilt of losing. Um, well, I think Ben. Not no, because Ben Parker was already. No, Ben. Ben Riley died. No, but I'm saying what? What? What was it that? Oh, it was the knowing Ben. Ben Riley was the thinking. Uh, oh, he te- was a real one. Telling Ben Riley that you're the real person and I'm the clone, got him to be retired. So it's like yeah. I feel like this is him putting to bed. All of that pain, all of that resentment, all of the regret in his life, he's finally putting it to rest. Because yeah. somebody that regrets, somebody that wants to still change, somebody that wants to still do better is not going to have the idea of, all right, now now this is the end game, in a sense. Like, he has, he had the end game in his head. Or at least the end of it all, right? Just to, just to get Because, like, how, how many dreams have, 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 how many reoccurring dreams have each of us had that's, like, it means something? And then, by, like, by the time you do something important, you don't have that dream anymore. Especially if you regret something. 100%. Especially if you regret something. You're literally sitting there and replaying it over and I over. I think even Mary Jane again. told him in one of these issues where it's like you've been feeling the responsibility of your own. You've been feeling the guilt of your uncle's death for too long. Yeah. And, and it's true. Way too long, yeah. And and again, with this one, it's we're looking at. Yeah, we're not looking at a man that's like, like feeling this in months that. to years. We're looking at a man that went through four to five decades of his uncle being gone. And the, because his uncle died, because he did not stop that first person, like you were saying, it then leads to everything else, which is everybody else dying, which is the Superhero Registration Act. Is the, Do I act or do I not? Do I join the war? Do I not? Do I join Captain America? Do I not? Even the guilt of losing Uncle Ben gave made him ha- feel like he was responsible for Aunt May the older she got. Yes. And that responsibility for Aunt May is what made him lose his family in the first place. Yes, because he had to put his foot down and say she's not going to her home. This man is a guilt ridden superhero and it feels like every motivation he has is driven by i'm gonna feel guilty if i don't do what's right if i don't do the responsible things like i'm not afraid of death i'm afraid of murder it was somebody saying somebody else was saying something on youtube about like that how spider-man is usually happy-go-lucky but in those raimi films they pushed all his history mostly so in every one of those he's miserable and every one of the Raimi films, everyone hates him and he's miserable. And I, I kind of feel that way here. But watching him get older, actually get older, right. hurts more. Yeah, it does. Um, and when I was reading that, that last issue, I'm like, wow, they put that shitty Hank Pym suit from uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> the big <laughs> old man spaceship suit. Yeah. But I did, like, I did like the Spider-Man logo being like a chest, uh, like, a, like a shield, like almost yeah. like a, a badge. Um, right, right, right. Like on, half, the, on the, on the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that half there. Thought that was pretty damn cool. But I thought this was a pretty respectful, pretty cool um, synopsis, kind of of his whole life, um, everything that he's gone through, especially the sacrifices. Big, big, big on the sacrifices. Yeah, it's like a fan made highlight reel in a sense. It's like a highlight reel with with real life timelines. Yeah. Um, is there anything? that you recall from Spider-Man's history that you would have liked to see get touched on in this? Hmm. If I had to think. No, I think they really got all of like what I, I would did, want to well, see. Well, they did the, the death of Gwen Stacy. But the, they did, like, no man, no man spider. Oh, what? That, uh, no when he becomes spider? the man spider yeah, thing? Man spider. Where the arm, that would have been kind of cool when the arms come out of his sides when he gets the, when he becomes a literal Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think like Venom. But again, like you said, you know, it things got different because of no. What yeah, happened. that's the thing is like they, they had they had a lot of his his history just retconned in a sense to somebody else because things changed in his history because it's the same Spider Man things changed because things changed it's the butterfly effect so Basically, instead yeah. instead of 
keeping the symbiote, he loses the symbiote, and then it goes to Craven. But in the actual comic, after he beats Craven, he keeps the symbiote. It only leaves him when he does the whole church bell ringing, yeah. and then it lands on uh, Eddie Brock. But it can't land on Eddie Brock if it landed on Craven. Thus, all of that happening. I mean, they even had just alluding to Scorpion's own origin with the whole Joe Jean- Jonah Jameson thing. Oh yeah. Whereas, like, the cops are here. Oh, the cops have been here. Park and you know, Peter, like, what was it? Betty was telling him that the cops are in and out of the Daily Bugle, thinking that he had something to do with the Scorpion yeah, attacks. She's like, you, she's like, you won't be able to like hide forever. Like, what do you think you're doing? You basically opened up a can of worms. Is there anything in this book that you guys like more than what was actually put down? Um, I like. like is Gwen Stacy's death better in this than in the actual in continuity? Is oh. the does the symbiote stuff? Do you like it more here? I like the symbiote there? stuff more here, yeah. definitely. Um, maybe because I just don't care about Eddie. Brock I like the symbiote stuff the most in this. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. I have to go with that one because it's just cool to see it in a, in a in somebody that seems more formidable. Like Eddie Brock is big, but how do just because you're big, how do you know he can fight? And Craven being a hunter, that would have been kind of scary because yeah. he was already. Yeah, can you imagine a hunter with yeah he with was a symbiote? Already, he was already a bit off the rails there. Oh, okay. They they in a, I don't I really wouldn't want to count it because it wasn't the the whole his mind. Yeah. But I would have loved to have seen a Sinister Six being done. But I am I am also glad that they had Miles in there. So yeah, so that was cool. That, I was and like, yeah. I also think the inclusion of Miles, Miles and Ben Riley show how important those two characters are to right. Spider Man. One hundred percent. Right. But right. also, I think it's the success of Into the Spider Verse that really yeah. gave it like we should do more Miles comics with Spider-Man being his mentor. I would take what it. A, what a novel idea, right? Like, what an out-of-this-world idea. Like, why don't we put the two Spider-Men together? Like, <laughs> I don't know why it took them so damn long to figure that out. But they did. Oh, um, maybe Spider-Island, where Spider-Man learned how to actually fight and oh, invent and his and own... Every, and everyone became Spider-Man. And he invented Spider-Man. his own freaking way of the spider kung fu. Spider-Man. Uh... Yeah. No, Other than that, like I'm that. fully satisfied. I really liked with this. how they did Civil War, making it span decades instead of it being a last minute, like a like a on the nose. That was great. Twist. How those, how I'm just, it's my interpretation of it. But I feel like this Civil War is all about money instead of it being about the moral thing to do. Yeah. I feel like it. It, it originally started just for Iron Man to push his his weapons, and then it really turned into a dick measuring contest. <laughs> as, as a Cap fan, I love how Cap is portrayed in all, all of this, and I like his relationship with Peter, and I like how he basically. Pulls Peter off the I mean, ledge. it's a it, it's it's a kid from Brooklyn and a kid from Queens. Queens. You know, we're we're all we're all here. I'm from Queens. You're from Brooklyn. Let's just let's yeah, be, let's t- be Tony, friends. Tony from Yonkers or something. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, you're not even on this on the island. Uh, you're from the New York State. Yeah, Tony, go. Oh dear. But regardless of what state you live in, I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Wherever you're listening to it on, and there's various ways you can listen to this or any episode of the Major Issues Podcast, like going to Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict. The Apple Podcast app, uh, Apple. Did I say that? Google Podcast, TuneFind, YouTube, literally Please every podcast app has us available. Just and if you us. don't want to buy, if you don't want to download a new app, go to Google and type in Major Issues Podcast, and we'll be the first ones to pop right up because we're the one-stop shop for the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Next week, this is the call to action. Next week, next week, next week, next week, we will be covering Arrow. We'll be saying not goodbye to Arrow yet because we will have to say do that when we find out what his last season looks like. But we will be doing a seven-season Arrow retrospective. If you are a fan of Arrow, if you're a fan of Oliver Queen, uh, if you're a fan of, of the CW shows and you have something to say 
Um, please, we need your feedback. We want to get as much feedback as we can and really send off the Emerald Archer in a respectable way. And you can send all feedback or any kind of criticisms or ideas, uh, thoughts, comments, and concerns to facebook.com slash comicbookclick, Instagram at comicbookclick, or use the hashtag comicbookclick to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We also have... Uh, major at major issues CBC on Twitter. We have shirts available on T Public. Every single one of those uh, links will be available in the show notes. So if you look in the description of this episode, they're all gonna be right there. Um, and if you guys could do us a favor that costs you absolutely nothing, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and learn about what you guys like and what you don't like about the show. Always trying to improve it. Always trying to come up with cool new topics to talk about and. Uh, you know, we were talking about the coolness of Arrow, but in two weeks, we'll be covering New York Comic Con and Joker. So that's going to that be, be one, pu- one all, one straight. Yeah, that's ep- going to be a big episode. Oh, damn. Then how many people are we going to have here? Uh, it's, I think it's only me and you, right, as of now. Um, and so we'll be, we will be, um, covering, depending. If wow, jo- so you if going Joker to Comic Con? Gets- yes, I am. Why don't you join the. Are you going to watch Joker I'm or not? Thursday. I'm going to watch. You gonna watch Joker? Why don't uh, you? Oh no, I'm not. Oh, that's why I was about to say. Like, if you're gonna yeah. watch Joker and be on Comic Con, why don't you just join in? Um, we will figure that out because if Comic Con ends up being a completely newsworthy, like this crazy amount of trailers, and it we seem gonna run long with Comic Con and Joker, we might split those. Well, I think Joker should be its own. It, well, it Comic Con it, itself should always be its own podcast. Well, the thing like, is, episode. so like last year we did New York Comic Con and Venom, and there was no issue. Yeah, eh, it's true. We talked about three or four trailers, and then we talked about uh Venom. But obviously, Joker is a different movie than Venom, so we will see. Um, we'll see what demand it, it, it warrants. But you guys, let us know. Reach us on all the social medias. Uh, all the social medias. I sound like I'm eighty. Reach us on every social media uh, app and account that you have. We're literally everywhere. We're everywhere. everywhere. Just like Spider Man, we are everywhere. Uh, I think that's about it for my announcements or my rundown. So. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. Oh, I am Claudius Maximus. I am Dan, the comic book man. And this has been our Spider-Man life story recap and review. And remember, whether or not you were bitten by a radioactive spider, whether or not you have some goblin serum in you, so you can't really remember how you got there and why you're wearing that weird green outfit, whether you're secretly plotting to take over the body of your worst nemesis, or sometimes you have way too many uppers and downers. Remember... That we are the click, Spider-Man's forever, and you, yes you, are worthy.